Welcome to the Pearl Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message blesses you in a way that is inspiring, encouraging, and transformational. For more information about our church, please go to thepearlchurch.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey, can you just do me a favor before we move on? I want you to jump to your feet, clap your hands as loud as you can. Come on, somebody stand to your feet. I don't care. Stand up. We cannot... We cannot be quiet in this place. Amen. Hey, all right, stay standing. Stay standing. Oh, oh, stay standing. No. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you, Jesus, that you have been with us through the holiday season. Lord, the focus is on you. And Jesus, I thank you for the services, all the stuff that's been going on. And uh, this morning, I thank you, Father, that you are anointing us this morning to grow and to hear And so this morning, we just open our hearts, we open our minds, we pray for the word, we pray for 2019, Jesus, we thank you that it's going to be an incredible year. The best is yet to come, Come Father, we believe that. We also know, Jesus, that in our city, that there are churches, um, about almost 2,000 of them, meeting all across the Denver metropolitan area, and I say a prayer this morning for every church. Every congregation, every leader, every parking lot person, every coffee that's being served, every song that's being sung, I pray, Lord, that that incredible community, the community of Jesus, um, would grow and that you would bless them today and strengthen them today as we lift up your name in our city. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name and all God's people said amen. Amen. And one more big round of applause for Jesus. Can you do that? All right. You can be seated. You can be seated this morning. Um, We are getting ready uh, to go into a new year. I don't know how all of you feel. I don't know what 2018 was like for you, Uh, but we're about to go into 2019. Is anybody here really excited that 2018 is almost over? Wow, it was was a rough year. Come on, let's say goodbye to 2018. 2019, the Bible says that the end of a thing is better than the beginning of a thing. You can take that principle and you can put it into anything that you want. The beginning... As wonderful it is, is if we continue to grow, if we continue to believe God for good things, if we continue to take him at his promises, even when we're at our lowest point, we can be having some of the the best experiences of our life. Because you know that the best experiences is not always when we're on top of the mountain, right? Um, Because you don't grow on the mountain. You have to grow to get up to the mountain sometimes, but you don't grow on the mountain. I was having a conversation with someone and we were referring to an old lesson, but you know, people like, I, I love the mountaintop experiences. I mean, who, who doesn't love the mountaintop experiences? The problem is that there's no water there. You have to bring your own. There's no oxygen there. You have to bring your own. You had to work really hard to get there. You know, uh, you had to have a lot of preparation to get there, but the view is amazing. Can I hear an amen? I mean, the view is amazing. And who doesn't want to work for the view? We all want to get there, but life is in the valley and it, the water runs in the valley. There's food in the valley. There's grass in the valley down here where there's life in the valley. We don't pitch our tent on the mountaintop to stay there. We pitch it up there to see the view, but we, we grow and we build down here where the people are and where the sustenance is. So what we're going to do this year is I am, I am just prophetically, I'm believing God for every person here that in 2019, that not only are you going to build, but you're going to grow, you're going to have sustenance, God's going to do incredible things in your life, and you're going to grow in your knowledge of him. There are people 
in our church that have been in church their whole life. Like my, my wife, since she was a little girl, has been in church. I, I became a Christian at the age of 21, and um, I was a little later in life. Uh, some people in our church have only been Christians a few weeks. And you know, no matter where you're at in the journey, what God wants to do is he wants to say, hey guys, you are on a journey, but we're all gonna grow. And 2019 needs to be a year of growth. And that, that growth can be different for everybody. It can be different. It's different for me. It's different for you. But we all take a step forward. Everyone say forward. Okay. So this morning, I'm going to preach on just for a few minutes on a subject that is not always popular, but it should be. It's like we only want to talk about it once a year, and we shouldn't because it's, it's real. We're going to talk about fasting. Now, did, how many of you, just by a show of hands, woke up this morning and prayed to not eat? Can I see some hands, please? Okay, there's one guy. <laughs> Thank you, LJ. That's why the worship was so anointed today. Uh, there, there's nothing in me at all that wants to not eat. And because I, I love food. And I, lo I, love, I love to make food. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, my love language is food. And uh, it, 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 actually, it's my therapy. My, my wife will tell you, we're, we're made very differently. When I am the most tired, I remember there's times where I would do conferences. I'd travel to a conference, do a conference at home, um, do a youth camp. I, people can't even walk when they leave. We're so tired. We're so burned out. Honestly, it's like, what are we doing? We can't even hardly drive home, you know, without falling asleep at the wheel because we've worked so hard for a week and pulling off these big events. And I would drive straight to the supermarket because that's my therapy. Fill my cart full of food, go home and cook until I fall down. Now, how many of you cooking is your therapy? Come on, I know there's a few of you here right now. Okay, that's why fasting doesn't work for me. So, but I, but I, wanna, I wanna just say something to you this morning. You know, the whole world right now is Instagramming and Pinteresting and how amazing fasting is because it's good for your health. You know, it helps you think better. It's better for, you know, I don't even, I don't know. It makes you smarter. I have no idea. There's so many things. Fasting, fasting, fasting. It's almost like people discovered fasting in 2017. And all of a sudden it's amazing. Well, the, the problem is that in the Bible, 2017 years ago, or even quite a bit you know, earlier than that, the Bible talks about the benefits of health and how to take care of your body. It's all through the Bible. And uh, um, there... Um, why don't we ever read those verses? <laughs> you know, but there, there's a part of the, the Bible that says when you fast, the physical things happen. It's very real. And so everything you're reading now, and people think that they've discovered it, it actually was in the Bible. There's even people who've written books about it. I've been in seminars where pastors I know are like, they just go through it. And man, it's, it's just, it's like God cares about our body. However, fasting is not just for the body. Fasting aligns the body with the spirit. Fasting is about, is about letting something else go, not just so that you can feel better or um, so that you can have a little bit more mental energy at, at three in the afternoon when you normally go for a cup of coffee or a quart. Um, now, you, you actually, it's, it's not just for that. Fasting aligns the physical with the spiritual because whenever you take something away, you will never get anything out of it unless you put something in its place. In other words, when you lose something, why are you losing it? Is it just so that you can think better for a few days until you go back on your fast? When you take something out of your life, you have to replace it with something to put in your life. Otherwise, you don't really, you don't really get anything out of it. You don't even know why you did it. Fasting aligns the natural and the spiritual. The Bible is replete from beginning to end with people who fasted. 
and why they fasted. And I want to show you a couple of those here. But we pray and we fast. The reason why we pray and we fast is because you are not a, you are not a natural being alone. You are a supernatural person in a natural life context. So after your body is gone, your spirit remains. And so life is about balancing enough of the physical and the spiritual to where we can get to a point to where we flip-flop where our attention goes, where everything used to go to the physical, now it goes to the spiritual. And when the spiritual rules, the physical is always better. So it's, it's, it's this balance. It's realizing, no, you, you weren't born just a person. You were born a spirit. All right. So we're going to talk about it here for a minute, fasting and prayer. And um, I, I think probably in our culture, fasting and prayer is really hard for, for our culture because we have everything that we need anytime that we want to have it. Like there's, there's never a moment where we can't pretty much have anything that we want. That might be the problem with our culture. That might be one of the biggest vices in a sense where we can have anything we want anytime that we can get it. And that's not the way we were designed. We were not designed to actually be able to just get anything we want anytime we want it. And so this, this constant need, this constant like, like lust of the eyes, lust, lust of the flesh, lust of the stomach, like we can have anything we want at any time. And so when, when we come in and we start talking about fasting and praying as a spiritual person, not just because we want to lose a few pounds, but because in the middle of it, we're going to connect with God a little bit more. It's very difficult for our culture. Uh, we, we live in a world if we just take, now this is no longer a sermon. This is no longer a sermon you're going to hear guys preach. This is, a, this is a scientific fact that we have an entire generation of people addicted to social media. Um, they're doing the science. They're actually, it's moving from, from a hypothesis. Uh, it's, it's moving into a, an area of study in universities where they have entire sections of universities. Now, studying the impact of social media on millennials. And, and, and they will always say, oh, I'm not addicted to my social media. But the problem is, is that's what all addicts say. <laughs> and then when you wake up in the morning, if the first thing that you reach for is your phone, to see what someone else's life looks like, and to see if anybody's gonna like your photo, because as soon as they hit like, it releases dopamine in your brain. And dopamine is what causes addiction. It's, what we, it's, it's part of the impact of the brain. If you want to see the impacts of it, just put your phone away for a few days. I, I'm actually to the point to where I understand that fasting is about food. Totally get it. I actually think, though, that during the fast, that, that there are people here. God is going to convict you. God's going to put you into a place where you're going to say, no, for me to get my brain right for a few days, I'm going to put my, phone, I'm going to put my social media away. And, and, and you're going to miss my really awesome tweet about fasting because you're fasting my tweets. I'd rather have you fast my, my tweet. Um, so so just, just, with, just for a second here, we, we have a problem with this because it's not just spiritual anymore, it's, it's physical, it's, it's mental, it's, it's physiological. I think, that, I think that, that prayer and fasting is one of the most powerful experiences you're ever gonna have in your life, but you never believe it on day one. 
And I told this story a couple years ago, I mentioned it this morning, but the first time I ever fast, fasted, I was 21 years old. I'm not exaggerating to you people, listen, listen to me now. I'd never not eaten in my life, like on purpose, because that's not normal. I literally thought I was gonna die. I went on a three day fast, and all the, the young professionals in our church were fasting. Three days, just water for three days. I literally thought I was gonna die. My family made fried chicken on the last night. They put fried chicken in the fridge. There was like eight pieces of fried chicken in the fridge. The whole house smelled like the promised land. Are you with me? <laughs> I go to bed, I lay in my bed, and my chest, my, my heart is beating out of my chest. Now when you're young, you're kinda dumb, you don't know anything, you're a guy and you haven't eaten, you're in trouble. I, I, my heart's beating. All of a sudden I could hear my heart beat for the first time in my life. I could literally hear it. And then it was beating so hard, it was, my head was, it was hitting the back wall. And I'm sitting there and I literally thought that I was gonna have a heart attack and die. I didn't know what was going on, but I knew that I hadn't eaten. So in the middle of the night, I jump out of bed like going to the ER. I want you to picture the refrigerator as if it's the ER. I jump out of my bed, I run to the fridge, I throw it open, and I eat all the fried chicken. I go back to bed and I feel fine. It was medicine to the soul. My, I, could, I couldn't hear my heart anymore, it was beating there, and just doing normal. And I realized, I realized in, the, in the middle of this, that fasting and, and prayer, when you put them together, I'll go there, but, but it's so, it's so anti how we live that, that when the Bible says, I, I need you to fast and pray so that you can be a, a alert to a few things you haven't thought of in a whole year or a month or a week, there's something very spiritual about it. That's why it's in the Bible. God actually, when, he, when you remove something and you put something else into that spot, you start to have an understanding you did not have before, for those of you who are experienced fasters, uh, you understand this process. I, I begin a fast, I'm not sure why I'm fasting, I just know the Bible says to do it. I get, when I'm done with the fast, I might have pages of things that I've just written down, thoughts about my own life. Thoughts about relationships, thoughts about friends, thoughts about God and how, what God is doing inside of me or what God is doing in the church. There's something very spiritual about balancing the natural and the supernatural, but sometimes we have to put the natural at bay. There is no freedom giving in to the natural. I just want you to know that. You will never experience freedom if the natural rules your life. It must be dominated, it must be covered and led by what's in your heart, by the spiritual. So we have an addicted society. Well, listen, I, 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 just, I just wanna say to you that, that we're, we're gonna fast and pray for 21 days. Now, that doesn't mean that all of you have to do all 21 days. It doesn't mean I, I want you to not have food or water for 21 days. Please don't do that. What I am saying is that next Sunday when you come into church, there's gonna be a board in the lobby and on that board there's gonna be 21 squares. And I would love it if all of you would pick one day a week, two days a week, maybe social media, uh, maybe do a Daniel fast with us, 
um, and you write in the box how many days you're gonna fast and when. And, and uh, we did this for the first time last year, and I'm telling you, we had more people praying and fasting for 21 days than we had in all the nine years that we've been here. And it was powerful, and God moved in powerful ways. If you, if you wanna see the results of, of what it means to believe for a miracle, pray and fast with us and get ready because God is gonna come through. God's gonna do what he said he's gonna do, right? So put your name on that board. Now, I don't know how to fast. Some of you don't know how to fast next Sunday. If not this morning, I don't know if it's there. I think we ran out, but um, there's a little guideline uh, at the next steps counter. It goes through the different kinds of fasting and how to do them. You can pick that up and you can decide for yourself. Some of you can't fast food. You're in very physical jobs and it's just not possible. Some of you might do media. Some of you will do a Daniel fast, which is fruits and vegetables. You basically live like a squirrel for 21 days. (laughs) And it's in the Bible. Daniel did it. What's going to happen, though, is that I believe we're going to have the best year we've ever had. Can I hear an amen? I just believe it. Uh, let, me, let me go through this with you real quickly, and we'll be done today. Um, first, I always call our, our fasting season Pursuit. Pursuit 2019. Now, I wrote 2018 on my, on my uh, notes. I, I, I still have to catch up. It's 2019 in just a couple of days. 2019, I always call it pursuit because we're pursuing something. Pursuit is following, searching, and spending time and energy pursuing something that's important to you. When you're in pursuit of something, it means that you've got your eyes on it and you're pursuing it. Your eyes are on it and you're going after it and you will accomplish that plan over a period of time. Pursuing something means that that we're not gonna give in to the short um, attention span of this whole generation that's living today. What we're actually gonna do is we're not gonna take our eyes off of the prize. Can I hear an amen? Okay, so we're gonna move forward. So whatever we're pursuing, and in this context, we're pursuing God's plan for us as individuals, but also for the church. Because when you join a church, you become a part of a family. And you start to believe for the family and you pray for the family and you do things for the family. And that's just part of it. And you get to grow in the family and meet new people in the family. Now listen, if you're new in the church and you have not been in our new attenders lunches, there's another one coming up here in uh, just a few weeks. Please don't miss the new attenders lunches because that's a time for you to hang out with us and meet your family. And the pastors are all going to be there. It's going to be phenomenal. But we're pursuing something over a long period of time. Fasting, literally in the Bible, means the one without. It means to go without or to be without. Fasting is voluntarily going without food in order to focus and rely on God for strength, provision, and wisdom. So we're removing something for a short period of time. And then we're putting in our focus on God. The other thing that you're going to get next Sunday over the next two, three weeks will be a, a prayer card, a Pursuit 2019 prayer card that will have um, a, a list of things on that card that you can pray. So if, you don't, if you're not great at prayer, when you sit down to pray and you go, I don't even know what I'm doing right now, all you have to do is pick up this card, start on point number one, and just read the prayer, meditate on it, pray it out loud if you want, but it'll give you some things to pray for. We're going to hand those out next week. And uh, you can take that home with you. But we're, we're taking something out and we're putting some time with God in. Prayer or fasting without prayer is diet without exercise. 
And anyone who's ever had to pursue health knows that if you just do one and not the other, you don't get the results. As a matter of fact, things can seem more out of balance than they were in the beginning. So you've gotta have exercise or movement, movement, but you've also gotta have diet, which you're taking in. Garbage in, garbage out. Fasting is saying, hey, I wanna let some of this go, I wanna put some good stuff in. So we're temporarily going without this by a choice, so we're gonna pray and we're gonna fast, we're gonna use our card. Now let me give you six quick thoughts on fasting and then we're gonna pray. Number one, pray and fast as a form of worship. Luke chapter two, verse 37. Then was a widow um, until she was 84. This is a woman in the Bible, she was a prophet. Uh, She was a, a widow into her old age, but she had a revelation. And the revelation was that prayer and fasting was not just for an event, it was a form of worship. Um, she said into her old age, she was 84, she never left the temple but worshiped day and night, fasting and praying. When we think of worship, we think of a lot of things. But we don't put fasting and prayer in what we think about worship because because it's too much work. Or we've never done it, or we don't understand it, or it costs us physical things, right? So we understand lifting our hands and singing a song, that's easy. Coming to church, well, coming to church these days is an interesting deal because all the new studies now show that most people, most people only come to church one to two times a month, not because they can't make it, but because there's a shift from church going from being together as a family to just being online. Look, being online is okay, but there's, that, that would be like saying, hey, it's Christmas or Thanksgiving, but we're not gonna have dinner. Let's all just log on and have a turkey sandwich at home. This, this is not the, way that it, not the way that it works. So do sh- you come together? We think that, so you've got worship, you've got going to church, got that. We got giving and tithing, I got all that. That's hard for me, I don't even know if I believe in giving. I know that Jesus gave his life for me, but I'll get there before I die. We get all that, because we've heard it so much, right? Serving, okay, I will show up once a month and serve on that Sunday. So I'll, I'll give you 20, I'll give you, I'll, I'll work a little bit. So we, we kind of have the ones that we struggle with and we go through them. But I want to live what I call the full worship life. So first of all, everyone just get free right now. Everyone just say, I'm free. Just be free. God loves you. God wants you to experience all of it. Don't fight it. Don't fight any of it. Just go with it. Serve as much as you can. Change your life. Come to church every Sunday. Change your life. Learn how to worship. What the Bible says worship is. It'll change your life. I love watching some of you. You have have progressed in your worship. You've gone from here to here to here to here. Some of you are in full-blown revival. You're half mass now. And I just believe in at the end of the 21 days, right? I'm gonna gonna see your wrists. 21 days from now, right? You're progressing. So I want you to have all of it. But when I say I want you to have all of it, I also want you to have prayer and fasting. A full worship life is worshiping, giving, praying, fasting, serving, and sharing what God's doing in your life. 
That's the full worship life. Don't pick a couple because they're uncomfortable and put them out. Embrace all of them because all of them take you to another level, right? Don't pick and choose the ones that, that are the least comfortable and then leave those out. The full worship life means worshiping, giving, praying, fasting, serving, and sharing what God's doing in your life. So prayer and fasting is a form of worship. And this woman did it every day, night and day. She loved the Lord. Number two, you have to commit to finishing the prayer and fasting. So here's what I, here's what I want you to do. If you've never fasted before and you see the board out there, don't be afraid of the board. Have no fear. Walk up to that board. Look at it in the eye. Take out the pen and just write your name on there. But don't write your name on all 21 days if you've never fasted in your life and you're going to fast food. Because you won't make it 21 hours. Challenge yourself. Put your name on there and finish what you said that you were going to do. Because otherwise you will never feel like prayer and fasting is a good thing for you because you never finished what you said you were going to do. And that leaves you with a sense of emptiness. So if, if you've never done it, then you put on there your name and then you, and then you just fast. Just Daniel fast. Be a vegetarian all day like Daniel on next Wednesday. Accomplish it. Next year, do three Wednesdays. Maybe the next year you do 10 days like that. But whatever you do, finish what it is you're going to do. Daniel chapter 10, verse 3. I ate no choice food, no meat, no wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions. I thought that was an interesting one because, you know, I don't know. No lotions <laughs> until the three weeks were over. This is, this is what we call the Daniel fast. The Daniel fast, choice food, no meat, no wine. No lotion until the three weeks are over. So in other words, just commit to it and finish it. And there's something that happens inside of us when we finish what we say that we're gonna do. I'm telling you, sometimes God doesn't show up. And he doesn't answer your questions until the last minute of that fast. And you just wanna, you just wanna be a person who perseveres through. So don't commit more than you can do, but challenge yourself. Um, number three, look to God with prayer and fasting when you have needs. Now, the series that we're going to be doing here, I'm going to be doing a series on prayer in January and February. It'll be prayer and, and some other stuff. I haven't come up with a title yet, but I kind of know where I'm going from Ephesians. Pray, at all, pray about everything on all occasions. Um, pray for all the saints. And uh, the, the idea here is take your needs, whatever your need is, and pray for it. Like on one hand, the big stuff, which is next, but pray for everything. Learn to pray for everything before you complain about it and watch what happens. Because we have, a, we have this thing, we have this setting on us. Something doesn't go right, we complain. Something doesn't go right, we want our money back. Something doesn't go right, we're gonna talk about another person. Learn to pray before you do anything else and it actually changes who you are on the inside. Because it puts the pressure on the person that actually has the ability to change what it is that you want to change when you can't change it. So before we talk about Uncle Joe, pray for Uncle Joe. Like how many times have we complained about Uncle Joe? And if your name is Joe, I never know what name to use. You know, I'm sorry. How many times have we talked about Uncle Joe and Uncle Joe this and Uncle Joe that? But how many times in your prayer time you say, Lord, bless that man. Help that man with his marriage. Help him to not be grumpy. Father, do whatever you got to do to, to get him to be pleasant when we're all together. Work in his life. 
Pray before we complain. Pray before we gossip. Pray before we talk bad. Pray before we have unforgiveness. Pray about it. So whatever the need is, for everything. Number four, 2 Samuel verse uh, 12, verse 16. Pray for the big things, especially. I gotta tell you, if you've got something big, don't not pray about it and just wonder if it's all gonna work out. Don't do that. Take that big thing, put it before God and say, Lord, I've got something huge in my life and I need you to help me with it. A lot of times people experience things they don't have to experience because they can't get themselves to say out loud to God, God, I have this problem. You know what I have always thought is interesting? Is that if it's just you and you're by yourself and nobody can hear it and you can't even say it to God, you might actually have more faith than you think. There are some people who can't even pray because they don't want to say out loud what they need because they're embarrassed in front of God, but you're all by yourself, nobody can hear you. Take the big thing to him and say, God, this is huge. I need this out of my life. I need this, I need to break through in this area. I need you to do this for my family. I'm so confused about this. I need you. Pray for the big things. But when the big thing doesn't happen the way that you want it to happen, don't lose your faith in God. There's a story here that I listed about David. When David had a, he had a baby, he had a, a, a child with a woman that he wasn't supposed to have a child with. And this is King David. This is mighty King David. You know, he kind of messed up. The Bible said he went against God. He prayed. The baby got sick and died. And he prayed and he fasted for the baby. The baby did not live from its disease. But what happened inside of David is what helped carry him to become the great king that we all know and remember. Because his prayer and his fasting and going to God in the middle of this tragedy shaped him on the inside and, and he was able to have a relationship with God where he opened up with God for the first time about some things that were really difficult, some mistakes that he'd made, some, some things that he'd said, some things that he's done. And all of a sudden he's having this prayer, this relationship fasting with God. And even though the prayer didn't happen the way he wanted it to happen, he changed as a man. And sometimes what we're going through, it's not going to happen the way that you want it to happen, but we're going to change as a person so that we can now accomplish all the things that God's called us to accomplish because there's some things that in us that need to, we need to get rid of. They got to come out. I remember the first time I went on staff at a church and uh, I was very idealistic. I'm sure that surprises everybody in the room. Very intense. This should not be that way. That should not be like that. We need to change that. We need to get rid of that person. Let them go. Put somebody in there who can do their job. I was the new guy on a staff of 175 people, and I thought I knew everything. 25 years old. Kind of clueless. Pastor calls me in one day, and he says, you have a blind spot. And I said, what is it? He goes, I'm not going to tell you. I said, well, how can you call me in here, tell me I have a blind spot, and then not tell me, he goes, see, you can't see it. And I started to get upset. Well, why don't you tell me what it is? He goes, nope, because if I tell you, then, then, then I don't think you'll ever fix it. You need to figure it out. You need to see it. Because if you can't see it, I don't think God, I don't think God can fix it. I, th I think you, know, you think you know everything, and we're just gonna let you do. So I literally went on a fast. I fasted for 40 days. I'm just telling you, this is what, as a young man, I was intense. I was like, I'm going to be a martyr, you know, <laughs> send me, you know, a Bible and a spare. Ah, change the world, I'll fast 40 days. 
40 days, I lost 36 pounds. Through the entire fast, I got nothing. I was so frustrated. The last day of my fast was Thanksgiving. I was newly married. I'm sitting at the table with my family. It's Thanksgiving day. And I'm like, I will hear from God. (laughs) And they're all eating food and I've got a cup of turkey broth. Do you know how hard it was to find turkey broth? The chicken broth and beef broth, but it's Thanksgiving. I want turkey broth. And I sat there. Nothing. 36 pounds. My, I, my clothes are all falling off me. I actually went to preach at, at the launch of a new church. Hey, I'm telling you, I've already started the story. I can't stop now. I go to preach at the launch of this new church. I'd lost so much weight. And back then I had no money. I bought all my shirts at the Goodwill and I bought this big giant shirt and it went all the way down to my knees. And a good thing because during the middle of my service, my pants fell down. <laughs> this is not even a joke. This for real happened to me. They're launching a church. It's me and the great apostle Dick Iverson who started our whole movement. Church is all around the world. I'm sitting next to brother Dick in the, in the first row and I'm thinking I have arrived. I'm sitting next to Dick Iverson and we are launching a church together. And I stand up to give my message and my pants fall down. And the reason was because I also, back then we didn't have a thing called a master key. So all of our keys were in this giant chain. I had like 75 keys and I had it in my pocket when I went to the pulpit and I start to preach and I started, they're starting to go down. I'm like, oh God. And I, as they're going down, thank God I had the long shirt from the Goodwill. Back then I was only a large, it was like a 2X, it was $3, that's all the money I had. And as it's going down, I grab it and I hold it right at my knees. And the whole church is staring at me and I just keep preaching and then Jesus said, take my keys out of my pocket, throw them to my lovely wife in the front row, because they weighed five pounds. And I, f- I finished my message. And on day 40 at Thanksgiving, I've got nothing I'm going to hear from God. I'm not going to eat turkey. I walk into the pastor's office the next week, and he says, what did you hear? I said, well, to be honest with you, I didn't hear anything, and I was preaching, and my pants fell down. And he says, how do you feel? I said, I feel humbled. He goes, you see it. See, it doesn't always look or feel the way you want it to look or feel. But there's something happening on the inside. And sometimes we just can't see what God is doing, but you've gotta have faith that he's doing something. And I think that 40 day fast in my life was what set me on the trajectory to do all the things that happened in the next, next 18 years. I think it was that fast. Something happened inside of me. Number five, I'll finish up here just quickly with these last two, pray and fast your way into the new season. There's a story here in Acts chapter 13 when Saul and Barnabas were being set in for the ministry when they were gonna be sent out, but they were going into a new season. I want us to pray this morning as we go into another season and we're gonna, we're gonna believe God for something new and fresh on all of us as we go into 2019. Number six, uh, seek direction through prayer and fasting. In Ezra chapter eight, there's a famous story in a couple of verses here where they, they prayed and they said, God, I wanna know what we're doing with the church, with my family, with my kids and my finances and just lead us in this way. We're gonna pray that God leads us, gives us the right direction, that he takes us into the future and it's gonna be an incredible year. And all of us are gonna grow. Everyone say grow. Okay, will you stand to your feet with me this morning as we wrap this up? 
Um, so next week, the board will be there. The prayer cards will be available each Sunday to take those. By the way, that card is for the whole year. It's not just for the 21 days. I'd love it if you were to write all over it, circle a few things, stick it in a Bible, stick it in your car, your briefcase, whatever you gotta do, but get it and read through it and start praying um, for this year, 2019, which means we're one year from 2020. Do you remember, you remember the year 2000? 2020 seemed like science fiction, right? Come on, here we are in 2020. Some of the young people will graduate with the coolest t-shirts ever, 2020, on their shirt. Um, and uh, it's, but it's gonna be a phenomenal year, all right. Now, now just as I, as, I, as I wrap this up, we're done here, listen. My encouragement to you would be everyone who's a part of the church, participate in the fast in some way. Put your name on that word, in some way. Whether it's one day or all 21 days on a day, whatever you want, but in some way. Because I believe that when you do, will take you to the next step because the only thing in the way between us and the next step is us prayer and fasting takes us out of the way puts God in the driver's seat can I hear an amen Jesus I love you so much I pray this morning for every person that's here I'm so grateful I'm so encouraged Lord I'm so blessed by the church by the family and I pray this morning that you bless every person in this room. Bless their relationships, their families, their finances, their careers, their jobs. Lord, bless them and watch over them in 2019. And more than anything else, I pray that you would help us to know you more. And I pray that as we fast and we pray, that we would take a step forward in our relationship with you at whatever level, at whatever season, one step forward in our growth with you. Lord, we thank you for the good things that you have given us in our lives. And none of us are perfect, and none of us have it all figured out. That's why we need you. So Jesus, we love you today. Heads bowed and please, eyes closed, and I, I never want to leave a service. Sometimes it, it just doesn't work this way, but I never want to leave a service without giving everybody an opportunity to pray. So if you're here this morning and you don't have a, a relationship with God, or maybe it's been a long time, this next prayer is for you. I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to believe for you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If there's anybody here in this room that you need your relationship with God to grow this year, need him to come into your life in a new way lift your hand quickly as we move and I'm gonna pray for you thank you for all those hands around the room Jesus I'm so grateful for these people that have their hands lifted and even those who don't lift their hands I know that in their heart they're they're feeling the presence of Jesus so church pray this with me say Lord Jesus here I am in your presence and I receive you as my Savior and I'm so grateful for all the promises that you've made. Father, today, thank you so much for forgiving me of all my sin. And here I am, just as I am, trusting you in Jesus' name. Amen. There's about 10 people to lift their hands this morning. Can you clap for them? Tell them you love them. God bless you. I love you. It's going to be a great year. Have a good new year. Let's go ahead and close with a song.